Welcome to the Ultimate Birth Partner Podcast. I am Sally Ann Beresford, a doula, author and antenatal teacher, and I'm on a mission to help educate anyone who supports pregnant women and people to achieve their dream birth. This podcast is about giving them the power back by offering knowledge and wisdom shared by me and my incredible guests. So let's get started. And welcome to this week's episode of the Ultimate Birth Partner Podcast. Unbelievably, we are coming to the end of season three. And I'm just so proud to have produced all of these episodes and to share them with you. And the amount of incredible guests that I've had on, I'm so privileged to have sat and chatted about such a wide variety of topics that will help you to prepare for your birth and your birth partner too. When I've been reflecting back on the previous episodes, I wanted to find out what was the episode that has been the most popular. And I'm happy to share with you that it is the breathing and relaxation skills episode, which is episode nine. And this doesn't surprise me because, do you know what? I think when we're planning and preparing for birth, we feel that breathing and relaxation is a magic bullet. It is the basis of hypnobirthing. And so a lot of people are investing in hypnobirthing practice and learning the skill and really working hard on using the skill uh, throughout pregnancy so that when they go into labour, it is very familiar to them. And so what I thought would be useful is to do an episode with just me on five top tips that can support you on your breathing and relaxation skills journey. So if this is really important to you, something that you want to really take deep down into your subconscious and and to work on practicing this skill, then I felt these five tips would really enhance your practice. So without further ado, let me get started and talk you through why I've chosen these five things that I feel over the last 22 years has supported me and my clients and other people that I know. So the very first one is to journal. I feel, and this is probably why I designed and wrote the journals that I have, and trust me, I'm not telling you to journal because I want you to buy one of my journals. I don't mind what you use. A piece of blank paper is more than enough. But I want you to really, truly get to grips with your own personality style. It's really important for you as the birthing person and your partner to be really honest and to check in with yourself and discover, or not just discover, but really identify what areas you need to work on in order to be successful 
at achieving your dream birth. So when you understand your personality style and you recognize what you're like, are you the kind of person that is a perfectionist? Do you like a lot of control? Do you struggle to say no to people? Are you really very shy or are you quite happy to strip off naked? What are the areas that you think you need to know and understand in order to ensure that your birth experience is able to flow in the way that you're planning? Because if you're struggling with the lack of privacy, if you're not very happy to speak up and advocate for yourself, You're going to need to know this so that you can prepare the people that attend your birth with you to speak up on your behalf. If you hire a doula, what would that feel like for you? How would you work out the dynamics between your birth team and make sure that you know what each person's role is about? These are really key things that journaling supports you with to be able to identify what boundaries you need to put in place when you've journaled all of this and when you've really dug deep inside you to recognize what you're like as a person you can then really make sure that you express that to your birth team express it to your care providers if that is in the form of writing a birth plan then perfect if that is sitting with your midwife in antenatal appointments and talking through your preferences. These are all things that you can do in order to find your voice and be really clear and honest about the things that you need other people to understand about you as a person. You know, I was at a birth once where I had a client who was telling us in the room that she was struggling. And the midwife pulled me aside after about half an hour of this vocalizing that was taking place during the birth. And she said, you're traumatizing her. And I said, but I'm not. We have a structure in place. We have discussed this all antenatally. And she knows that when she needs help, she can tell me by using a safety word and expressing herself in a particular way. We've ironed all of this out antenatally and I have made sure that we fully understand her as a person so that she can safely, in labour, say whatever she wants and she knows she's going to continue to be supported. Vocalising is a perfectly natural and normal thing to do throughout labour, to share your doubts, your fears, your worries, your concerns. Tuning into your instincts is so key for birth and being able to express yourself so that when someone needs to listen to you, they know what that looks like. So yeah, journaling, writing down your deepest darkest thoughts, feelings, concerns, working out what's true, what's not true, working out how to express your thoughts to others is so important. And all of that will help you 
to perfect your breathing and relaxation skills. This is all part of the process to helping you to really be able to relax into labour and to know that everyone else has got your back. The second one is about clearing your mind. So before you begin practising your breathing and relaxation skills on a regular basis, hopefully, you can learn the art of clearing your mind. My recommendation is to write a checklist of all of the things that you need to remember before you begin. So if I was going to do, I'm not someone who meditates. I've never been very successful at meditation, but I would say I find it very easy to breathe and relax after 22 years of working in this field and 12 years of teaching pregnancy yoga and, you know, the art and the skill of hypnobirthing in general. So for me, I like to write a checklist of all of the things that I'm thinking about what emails I need to send, what shopping I need to buy, what time I'm picking up the kids from school, what other things I need to share with people. So if there's something in particular I need to remind my husband of, or if the car needs petrol, or I need to pack my bag for an upcoming training or or teaching schedule that I have, whatever it is that's weighing me down with my thoughts, I write down my list, then I feel able to relax easier. And for you, whatever it is, I really recommend you get into the habit of doing that just before you begin entering into a a particular time that you've given to yourself that you can breathe and relax and let go of thoughts as quickly and as easy as possible. And it's important because even though thoughts will always come to mind during the practice. Maybe it's five minutes you've dedicated, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 30. Whatever it is that you've got in your day that you can utilise, you of course can allow thoughts in. This is where the magic happens often, where really important ideas come to mind. It's not about you not thinking at all. It's about giving yourself your absolute best option for optimal relaxation as possible and that you're not planning, overthinking, overanalyzing, worrying about things that you don't need to in that moment. Then when it comes to giving birth, it will be a lot easier for you because you will have practiced the skill and worked on it and it will just feel more instinctive. Number three is about noticing what time of day works best for you when it comes to practicing breathing and relaxation. So for some of you, it might be the very first thing you do in the morning. It might be that you wake up before everyone else in your house and you start your day sitting quietly or lying still or going somewhere where you feel comfortable and you're able to enter into a state of relaxation quickly and easily and focus on your breath. If you are able to start your day off with this, that means that you can get it out of the way, the rest of your day is clear and you've got the ability to know that that practice has taken place. That isn't true for all of us. Many of us 
wouldn't be able to start our day in that way because we wouldn't feel calm and relaxed simply because we've got everything ahead of us and we feel anxious about the fact that we've got to get somewhere by a particular time. So if you know that the right time of day for you is lunchtime, then perfect. If it's not until bedtime, then of course that will be the right time of day for you. You need to make sure that you pick the right time of day that you can absolutely let go of all of the other things you have on your plate, which of course goes back to point two, where you clear your mind. So whatever time of day you think works, that's the time that's going to be right for you because you're going to feel more able to zone out and step into that period of time that you've dedicated to yourself for breathing and relaxation. I just want to take a moment to tell you about the range of fantastic resources I have available for you all in preparation for your birth. Labour of Love, The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner is not only a bestseller, but an award-winning book that has without doubt changed the birth experiences of thousands of couples across the world. Fondly described as the Bible for birth partners, it offers both the pregnant woman and her partner a depth of knowledge that is simply not taught in standard antenatal education. This book is an essential read for not only birth partners, but also pregnant women and people, midwives, doulas, family members, friends, sisters, brothers, anyone who is involved in your pregnancy that might be interested in offering you support. This is an important read for everybody and it will make a huge difference to your birth experience because as I always say, the birth partner can literally make or break the birth experience. If they don't get birth, they won't be able to understand what they need to do in order to support you. And you also need to know what you can do to help them be the best birth partner possible. In my new book, The Art of Giving Birth, I am focusing on physiological birth as so many of you are desperate to achieve an unmedicalized birth but don't know how. Throughout the chapters, I share with you my five key principles. These principles will advance the knowledge that you already have and support you and your partner to really understand what it takes to give birth physiologically. In addition, I've created a journal to accompany the book and help support the process so that you can identify who you are as a person and what areas you might need to work on in order to overcome some of the common obstacles faced within the maternity system. The work that comes from not only reading The Art of Giving Birth, but carrying out the suggestions within will guide you from knowing what you want to achieve to actually having the confidence to do it. I also have a wide range of journals and birth planners available too. All of my books and journals are available to order now from Amazon, or you can get copies direct from me, sallyann at birthability.co.uk, or you can DM me on Instagram at the ultimate birth partner. Number four is about picking the right breath practice for you. 
There is no point in you trying to breathe in a particular way that you hate. You have to use a breathing technique that you love, that you find easy. My argument with this is it's good to have a wide range of breathing techniques to use because on the day of birth, you might not be sure what it is that you want to practice. You might prefer one particular breathing technique on the day that you hadn't particularly loved during pregnancy. But there are some breathing techniques that many people really don't get on well with. So eliminate those and only use the ones that you know you find easier to manage. During episode nine, where I'm talking about breathing and relaxation skills, I do give some examples of different techniques that you can use. So go back to that episode and have a listen if you haven't heard it for a while to remind yourself of some of those breathing techniques because they are really useful for a wide variety of different reasons. I do recommend that you lean into the longer, more silent breaths in the early stages of labour simply because that is a time to really try and practice the breathing in a way that allows you to take your mind off of the sensations that you're feeling. Whereas as labour becomes more established, it's much easier to have a, a forceful breath, a much more expressive out breath, purely because you will then be able to put all of your focus into that out breath and you should find your surges much easier for that reason. So I give the example of dandelion breathing in episode nine because that forceful out breath is what I witness all the time when women step into their power and give birth in a way that uses the breath to help guide them through each and every sensation that they feel. So Practicing the different types of breath, making sounds with confidence, making sure that you feel really comfortable breathing deeply and that you are able to allow your body to soften and relax so that you are really familiar with the feeling of letting go of all of the muscles in your body. And I describe this as scanning down from the top of your head, past your jaw, your shoulders, your fingers and your toes, being able to relax all areas of your body, in particular the areas that you know you really struggle with. So for most people that might be the jaw, the buttocks, the thighs, the fingers, areas where people really do hold on to tension. So those are crucial that you know how to relax those areas during these practice sessions whilst you are working on breathing and relaxation skills in general. So working on your technique is essential for that. The fifth and final tip is to use something to support you. So you might like music, for example. Some people like music with words. Some people prefer it without words to have calm relaxation music playing in the background that helps them to relax in general. So I like to find music that is long, at least 30 minutes or maybe an hour long. 
in order to have some consistent music playing in the background that isn't chopping or changing every three minutes, that you're not having to adjust to all of the different sensory stimulations that can come from music. It's completely your choice, obviously. You all have access, I'm sure, to find music somehow to download to your your gadget, your device that you can have with you in labour. But practising listening to the same tracks becomes helps you to become familiar with that sound and therefore your ability to relax gets quicker and quicker and quicker each time because the, the minute the music starts, you automatically are triggered into relaxation mode. So I would recommend finding a track or two or more that you love, that are long and that you can play regularly, that you won't get bored of and that you enjoy. Of course, you can switch it up. You don't have to always use the same the same tracks. But I would say that familiarity definitely gives you that added advantage of relaxing quicker. In addition, you could use aromatherapy where you become familiar with smells or scents around you in order to help your body immediately relax into the time that you've dedicated to that moment. Again, choosing smells that you love Something that you might be able to take to your labour would be useful so that it is familiar to you that you can easily relax when that particular aromatherapy oil is used. So do pick ones that are safe for pregnancy and labour. And then there's also things like incense sticks or other smells that you might prefer to have around you that help you to relax. And my last one for this tip is magnesium glycinate. Now, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not giving you advice and telling you to take a supplement that might not be suitable for you. So if you are happy to speak to your midwife or doctor about this in advance of taking it, please do. But magnesium glycinate is a wonderful supplement that can be used to aid relaxation, to help you to feel calm and relaxed in general, because it is actually recommended to take in advance of going to bed at night for sleep. I take it myself. Lots of my clients have taken it and I do really recommend it to people who are struggling to relax and switch off. So if you're able to learn more and you feel comfortable and safe taking this particular supplement, then I would recommend magnesium glycinate for someone who wanted to relax, but who doesn't find it easy. So that's it. My five top tips to support breathing and relaxation skills. And just to recap on those five, it's one, journaling making sure that you understand your personality, being honest with yourself and your birth partner. Two, clearing the mind. Write a checklist of all of the things that you need to remember before you begin relaxing. Three, noticing what time of day works best for you and fitting it into your schedule. Four, picking the right breath practice making sure that you have a range of breathing techniques that you like and that you don't find a real chore that come naturally and easy to you so that on the day you've got several to choose from. And five, using tools to support you 
like music, aromatherapy, and my tip to use a natural supplement like magnesium glycinate that can help to aid relaxation and rest. As I said, it isn't a magic bullet to be able to breathe and relax in labour. You do need to practice it. You do need to work on this skill. And I highly recommend you put in the time and the effort and that you bring your birth partner into this with you to ensure that they know how you find it, what you're, what you're like when you breathe and relax and what they can do to support you in labour if they see you struggling to breathe and relax. For those of you who want to go back and listen to the previous episode on breathing and relaxation skills, don't forget it's episode nine. So that's it. I really hope you enjoyed those top tips for supporting breathing and relaxation skills. I have one more episode to share with you next week. Well, I also have a cheeky bonus episode that's coming out after that. But next week is the last episode of season three. So I will see you then. And then I'll be taking some time off for the summer so that I can finish my audiobook for The Art of Giving Birth because I've had so many requests that I couldn't put it off any longer and I needed to just hunker down, get it done, edit it and get it out to you all. So I'm really, really excited to be finishing the Audible version so that you can have it to listen to. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I love having thoughtful discussions about all things labour and birth. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. If you want to receive a notification of the next episode, then don't forget to hit subscribe. If you would like to purchase either of the books that accompany this podcast, then head over to your online bookseller and search for Labour of Love, The Ultimate Guide to Being a Birth Partner, or The Art of Giving Birth, Five Key Physiological Principles. Follow me on Instagram at The Ultimate Birth Partner, And if you go to the link in my bio, you will find my Linktree page, which has all the links you need to access many of my services, including booking a course for you and your partner to learn how to succeed in achieving your dream birth.